Hey, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast today. We're so glad that you joined us. And if you joined us today, today's going to look a little different than it normally does. Uh, we started a series called At the Movies at Oasis Church. And because of copyright laws, we aren't able to stream our services or play them back on our podcast or online. So uh, we're not going to leave you empty handed today. We're going to give you a message series that we started right when we started our church. It's called Stop the Cycle. Last Last week we heard week one and we're going to continue on this series with week two of Stop the Cycle. So enjoy this and I hope that it encourages you today. Last week we started the series Stop the Cycle and we talked about this cycle right here. And uh, as I was preparing for this, God kind of showed me this cycle in scripture and it comes up all the time in scripture. And it goes like this. You get hurt by somebody. They said something to you. They've done something to you. A lot of times it's probably out of your control. And all of a sudden you're faced with a decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to try to heal this hurt? Or am I going to make the decision to continue in the cycle? And then what happens is we make the decision of being offended. Now, if you're on the Internet right now, people are the most offended they've ever been. My goodness, with the election craziness we got going on right now, I mean everybody's upset about something and it's just a really toxic place to be. Everyone decides to be offended, but being offended is actually a choice that you make. You don't have to be offended. That might be news to somebody out here. We're going to dive deep into that in a second. But what happens when we don't address being offended and we make that decision, it quickly turns into anger. Being offended and being angry go hand in hand. We're going to talk about this tonight too, all right? But what happens when we have anger that goes unaddressed is we attack somebody else. And all of a sudden, the cycle starts over again. Then we hurt someone else. Then they get stuck in the cycle. They get offended. Then they get angry. Then they attack you again, right? This is how arguments work. This is how fights work. And it happens all the time. So last week, we talked about hurt, right? We want you to feel the hurt, all right, and we want you to forgive the hurt. That's how you deal with hurt. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about these next two things. We're going to talk about being offended. We're going to talk about being angry because those go hand in hand. And man, I'm telling you, uh, we need to talk about this now more than ever. But I'm going to promise you, this is not going to be a message where you're going to leave feeling bad about yourself. All right. If you struggle with these two things, I want you to know this message is going to be full of life for you. Uh, man, you're a human. You make mistakes. I totally get it. I can get angry very quickly and I can get offended over petty things. Ask my wife, all right? <laughs> She'll tell you. Uh, but it's true. But today, there's hope for you. You don't have to live this way. There's a better life for you. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But first, I want us to have some fun. Okay, so I told you I needed your participation, and here's where it's going to come in, all right? If y'all want to say something, you can. You don't have to. I got some examples over here. But one of my favorite things in the entire world is hearing people's hot takes on stuff. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know what a hot take is. Let me just tell you what it is. If you live under a rock or something, a hot take is an unpopular opinion that is just polarizing. All right, so... If you're watching right now on YouTube, on Facebook, on the website, if you're in the room, you can make a comment. I don't care. But I want to know your hot take. You have an unpopular opinion, and I want to know it. Mine, for instance, I hate the Beatles. I'm a <laughs> lifelong musician. I should respect the Beatles. I respect the Beatles. 
Can't stand their music. I think they're terrible. Don't get it. Uh, I'm more of a Beach Boys guy myself. I don't like the Beatles. Uh, that's something that I would consider a hot take. But I went to Facebook this week. And if you're not my friend on Facebook, find me, Clint Lambert. Instagram, at Clint Lambert. Love to have you over there. We always have fun. Uh, but I asked you guys to give me some of your best hot takes. And let me tell you, the responses did not disappoint. All right. I actually started a conversation. I had now, as of today, uh, it's Wednesday when we record these. As of today, I have a text thread with two of my buddies that I used to work with called Hot Takes. And baby, they were coming off the top ropes with some of these. Uh, some of these, I'm like, y'all are crazy. All right. So I'm going to share with you a couple I found on Facebook. I'm gonna, most of these came from the same person. I'm not going to name names. It's, it'll remain anonymous here. You can be my friend and go find it if you'd like. But several people, though, sent me this one. Pepsi is better than Coke. Get out. That is, that is offensive to me. All right. Pepsi is not better than Coke. Coke is king. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Okay. I got, I got, I got two. Okay. That's great. Next one. This one got me, too. This one got me fired up a little bit. The 1989 Batman film is better than any other Batman film. <laughs> Have you seen The Dark Knight? I mean, come on. That is Batman perfection. You're crazy. Okay. Uh, here's another one from the same guy. We did not land on the moon in 1969. <laughs> that, prove it. That's all I got to say. That, like, come on. We landed on the moon. This one was from the text thread. And this, I'm going to send this video to this person. You know who you are, all right? And uh, he says this, The Fast and the Furious is the best multi-film franchise to ever be made. I, Andy, I don't know what you're saying, buddy. Come on. And he also, Nick Cage is this guy's favorite actor. Cannot be trusted. All right, I just tell you. And then the last one I got could be the most heinous offense of all time. Nickelback isn't amazing, but they're not bad. <laughs> Come on. Nickelback is awful. Okay, can we just all agree on that? Uh, so I want to hear your hot takes. As I was talking, I hope you type some down in there because I love a good hot take. Uh, so I'd love to hear those. I love, I love, it, it makes me happy to have an unpopular opinion sometimes because I'm a pot stirrer. I'll ask, I'll ask the grenade question and just walk out of the room and let people fight about it. I love that. I love that. But the reason why hot takes are so funny and because people like them so much is because you get a little offended when someone says something that like Fast and Furious is the best movie franchise of all time. It's a little offensive. You're like, you can't really think that, right? Like we all know that Star Wars is the greatest movie franchise of all time, right? What do you think it is? Harry Potter. <laughs> Pray for Stephanie. Please. I love Harry Potter. And maybe if we were talking about books, I would agree. Oh, Movies, I can't get there. Star Wars, I'm in on, okay? But either way, you get a little offended because your opinion is better than their opinion. You know what I'm saying? That's at the center of every hot take. If someone has an opinion... That's not popular because everyone else's opinion is the right opinion. And so we're going to start off tonight by talking about what it means to be offended. Now, I'm not talking about a certain offense. Or I kind of want to define what offended means, right? For instance, this is not what we're talking about. 
Last week, Stephanie made some like mashed cauliflower thing, and I hate cauliflower. Okay, I'll just say it. I don't think that's a hot take. I think a lot of people hate cauliflower, but uh, it tasted amazing. By the way, it tasted like mashed potatoes. It was awesome, uh, but it smelled offensive. You walk in the house and you hit the invisible wall of just <laughs> fragrance, right? Cauliflower stinks, and it's an offensive smell. You know, we're not talking about that kind of offensive. We're talking about uh, the taking of offense, right? When somebody says something to you or they do something to you and you hold a little bit of resentment and you hold a little bit of anger toward them because what they did doesn't line up with what you think is right. And I know that there's probably a lot of Christians listening to this right now, or maybe you're a Christ follower, you've been a Christ follower for some time, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, and you're like, I'm a Christian, like, aren't I, I'm supposed to get mad about certain things, right? Like, I'm supposed to be angry about certain things. Isn't that a part of kind of like the gig, right? Like, we get angry at stuff? And I will tell you, no, that's not our job as Christians. We're not, not supposed to get angry. We're not supposed to be offended by things. Because being offended is directly tied to being entitled. And we're not entitled. And so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I want to let you know that Christians are actually supposed to be the most unoffendable people out there. We shouldn't be the people on Facebook being offended if someone voted for the other guy. We shouldn't be the people on, uh, on, on the social media that gets offended over everything that differs with our opinion. That's not what Jesus did. And that's not what we're supposed to do. And so we're going to dive deep into this. But first, I want to remind you, last week, we started talking about a family in the Bible. Uh, it was Joseph's family. Joseph was the youngest of 11 brothers. All right? He had 11 older brothers. He had one younger sister. And Joseph was his youngest and we learned last week that Joseph's dad actually loved him more than he loved any of the other brothers. Well, Joseph was a young one. He was a snitch. He tattled on his brothers all the time. And his brothers hated him. The Bible talks about, we saw it last week. He, they hated him so much that they couldn't even say a kind word to him. Like, they hated him. And we learned that ultimately they sold him into slavery and uh, pretended to the dad like they, they, they got killed by a wild animal. I mean, it was terrible, terrible stuff. Brothers hated him. They actually completed the cycle that we just saw. So uh, they were awful, awful people. And so we're going to pick up where we left off last week with this story. I'm not going to read this to you right now. It says this. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. All right. So Joseph's already hated. He tattles on him all the time. Then Joseph has this dream and it makes them hate him even more. So what did the dream say? Here's what it says. Uh, he said, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundle, Joseph's bundle, it stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before me. His brothers responded. Now, Here's where being offended comes in. You can hear the tone and what they're saying. And I've emphasized some of this for you. And it said, and the brother said, so you think you will be our king? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. Now, you can hear them just seething on the inside. Like, 
okay, you think you're going to reign over us and we're going to bow down to you? How could you think that, right? They sound very similar to, if you get on Facebook right now, how a lot of people sound right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you voted for that guy? Are you crazy? Like, this dude is terrible. He does all these things. You think that about wearing masks? Let me tell you, masks don't even do anything. And you all of a sudden get offended at the dumbest stuff. And it's because you think you might be entitled to something. Just like brother, just like Joseph's brothers. They thought they were entitled to something. And actually, in their custom, they were. The older brothers were supposed to get the birthright. They were supposed to get all the money when dad died. Get all the land, get all the cattle, get all these things. But all of a sudden, Joseph's the favorite, and they choose to be offended about it. And it affects everything about their life. And it was all rooted in entitlement. And let me just tell you, entitlement has no place in following Jesus. Entitlement says, sorry, hold on, switch shots for me. You good? Entitlement says, I deserve this, right? When you feel entitled to something, you think it is yours. You think, I deserve this. I de- I, this is my view of the world. This is my view of this. This is my perspective, and everyone else's is, is, not, is inferior, right? And that's what entitlement is. But let me tell you what you're entitled to being a person in this world. Here's what the Bible says. In Romans chapter 6, it says, For the wages of sin is death. You are entitled to death because you're an imperfect person, right? We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all choose to do the wrong thing sometimes. And the Bible tells us that what we get for doing that is actually death and separation from God. That's the only thing you're entitled to as a Christian. And so for us to stand here and say, man, anything that comes against what I believe, I'm going to get angry at, I'm going to get offended by it, and I'm going to let people know about it, is not something of Christ. That is not the way we're designed to act toward people. And at a time where things in our world are so divided, it is time for the people of God, for the church to stand up and be the peacemakers we're we're supposed to be, that God's intended us to be. The Bible tells us that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And we do not unify when we act entitled and we act offended about everything. Actually, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower... If you want to follow me, if you want to see this abundant life that I have for you, you must give up your own way. You might have a way that you think is right, that you're entitled to, and all these things, but Jesus is calling you to give up that way because it's not nearly as good as the way Jesus has for you. And you have to take up your cross. It's hard work. It's not easy, and you got to follow me. Another translation says it this way. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. He's very clear. Nothing about what you do has to stay the same. It all got to change. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own. As you continually surrender 
to my ways. Every day you gotta wake up and you gotta make the choice. I'm gonna continually surrender today. Even with this person who thinks completely differently than me, it's time for me to surrender my flesh and to be loving to these people, to learn something maybe from these people, to do the third option like we talked about a couple weeks. This person's my neighbor. They've been created in the image of God. And I'm to love them just like Christ has loved me unconditionally. Here's what I know. Offense is a signal telling you it's time to humble yourself. All right? So being offense is a signal alerting you to humble yourself. So anytime you feel offended by something, I want you to take that as a signal that, you're, that God is trying to tell you you don't know everything and it's time to humble yourself. The Bible talks to us. Man, we're supposed to be that of like Christ Jesus. Who, I mean, think about it. He was the creator of the universe and he humbled himself and he came to live among us and lived a perfect life and he died on the cross leaving all of heaven behind, all authority behind so he could help you We're called to be humble just like that. Every day, we have to choose it. Be humble, be humble, be humble. And that's how you fix being offended. So if you find yourself in this cycle, if we could throw the cycle back up. If you find yourself in this cycle and you're here, you maybe be at the offended phase and someone just hurts you and you have the choice. Am I gonna be offended? Or am I gonna choose to lay that down, take up my cross and I'm gonna follow Jesus? I need to humble myself and choose to not be offended by stuff. And I'm telling you, the people that are unoffendable are the happiest people that I know. Mm-hmm. People that just let stuff roll off their back. I mean, man, I wish I could do that better like some of these people. Mm-hmm. But it's a choice. You have to choose to do it. And here's the thing about being offended is it quickly goes from being offended to being angry. I mean, that happens sometimes like that. Man, and once you start realizing that this is happening in your life and you're stuck in this cycle that's only spreading and spreading and spreading, you're like a weed. We talked about that last week, right? Weeds have thorns. You don't want to be a person that's prickly to be around. But it's so easy to blow right past this and go straight to here. Because, man, anger is like a fence's cousin. I mean, they come, they're hand in hand. And uh, anger is actually something that I can struggle with. When I get stressed, uh, when I have a lot going on in my life, I have a short fuse and I can get angry like that about the dumbest stuff. And Stephanie's laughing, okay? So uh, she knows. And uh, you would never know it because uh, it's typically worse when I'm at home, when I'm around people that can't leave me, you know, like I, I, they're trapped. And so, uh, but I, anger can be a thing for me. And I can be hot-headed. I think it's the red hair. I hear <laughs> that the red hair is the reason. I'm blaming it all on that. Uh, no, but um, anger is a tricky thing. And it's a tricky thing the devil uses because anger is an emotion. And emotions are not bad, okay? You can feel anger and not sin. And a lot of times when you're hurt, one of the first things you're going to feel is anger because someone's done something to you that was out of your control. And I would tell you that if that's you, I would not consider what you're doing a sin. Feeling angry is not a sin. Being angry is. The Bible has a lot to say about being angry. And that means 
You've let your anger get to you to a point where it's affecting the way that you think about people. It's affecting the words that come out of your mouth and the tone that's coming out of your mouth and the things that you do. That's being angry. Feeling angry, okay. Being angry, not okay. And I'm gonna roll through a few Bible verses that says this. It says this in, in Proverbs chapter 14. It says, people with understanding control their anger. Hot temper, a hot temper shows great foolishness. All right, you probably can think of a person that you would consider angry and you would not consider that a person that you want to be like. You know what I'm saying? The next one says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Okay? Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. God desires for you. Even in this uh, passage, it talks about how God uses certain things in our life to refine us and perfect us. And God desires that in you. But one way to not do that is to be angry because that anger doesn't produce that kind of righteousness. And so maybe if you're not where you want to be with God, you might have a problem with anger that you need to address. Maybe you're the person that no one wants to be around because you snap too much. Or you're a little rough around the edges emotionally. People are a little afraid to be around you. The next one says this. And don't sin by letting anger control you. This is when you lose it, all right? This is the fine line that you've crossed. You've let anger control your thoughts. You've let it control your actions. You've let it control your words. And the Bible will call that a sin. Now, the Bible doesn't say, and don't sin by feeling angry. No, it's when we let it control us and it says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger, it just gives a foothold to the devil. It gives the devil an advantage in your life when you're angry. He has advantage. He has an open door. And I'm telling you, when you have an, a slight crack in the door of your heart, the devil will kick that in every time. Mm -hmm. You have to control your anger. The last one I have says this. Stop being angry, right? We talked about the difference between feeling angry and being angry. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. It only leads to harm. It will always lead to harm. You have to get better at controlling your anger. And some of your anger, listen, I get it. It might even be justified a little bit to feel angry for what's been done to you. But you got to control it. You can't let it get to the point where you're ready to spout off and attack somebody. You have to stop the cycle. And the fact of it is, is that some of us, we're known for being angry. We're known for being irritable. We're no known for being annoying because we're angry. We're known for these things. And nobody wants to be known for that. You desire relationships, healthy relationships. Every human does. And you know, I don't have any close relationships because I'm hard to be around because I have an anger problem. And I want to tell you, there's hope for you today. There's hope for you today. You see, when we follow Jesus, God calls us to a higher standard. We're not supposed to be known for those things. The Bible actually talks about this, Galatians chapter 5. Here's what we're supposed to be known for. 
But the Holy Spirit, when it lives inside of you, when you give your life to Jesus and you make him the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It's not anger. It's not irritability. It's not any of those things. It's these. It says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. In other words, there's no limit against these things. You can have as much of this as you want, and it's only going to make your life better. It's only going to make your relationships better. It's only going to make you a better parent, a better spouse, a better student, a better anything. There's no law against these things. But when you're known for being angry and irritable and all these things, trust me, there's a limit to your relationships with other people. There's a limit to your marriage. There's a limit to, to how good of a father or mother you are to your kids. Because God did not design you to live that way. He wants this for your life. He wants people, when they hear Clint walked into a room, he's bringing these things with him. And when you walk into a room, you need to exemplify these things. But I know that some of you, you're watching and you're thinking like, Okay, I, I, I am angry. I've been offended. I breeze right by that one, and I'm angry. I want you to put the cycle back up here. Some of you might be right here. And tell, let me tell you, I've been there. I spent years there. Right here. Camped out right here, and I did a lot of this. Started the cycle on someone else, and I go back here. Because it's kind of my default right here. I can get angry. But there's hope today. And the way you kind of heal from your anger is you got to work backwards, okay? So if you identify with yourself being right here, I want you to just admit it. You've chosen, you've been offended by something. You let, some, you let something get to you that maybe you shouldn't have let get to you, and uh, you, you've chosen this right here. But really, if you go back here, if you should really struggle with anger, most likely there's a hurt you've never addressed. And it's just rooted deep inside your soul. Mm -hmm. And you need God to take care of that for you. So I would tell you, if you find yourself and you would consider yourself an angry person, or if you're questioning, ask some close people in your life, how do you experience me when I call you? Or when you get a text message from me? What's the first thing that comes to your head? And maybe you might have to hear some hard things, but the good news is this. You can identify a hurt that you've never healed from. And your anger problems will get better. You can learn how to heal from this. If you've been hurt, maybe someone did something to you that you did not deserve, that you couldn't even help when you were a, a, a kid. Maybe your parents said something to you or you experienced something traumatic and this world has kind of left you here. Well, there's hope today. Let's get some help. Let's get in a group. Let's have some people in our corner that can help us figure out what this is so that we can heal from it. And I would tell you, just like we talked about last week, feel your hurt, okay? What happened? I need to experience this. I need to identify what happened with my hurt. And then you gotta forgive it. Whoever the person was that attacked you, that did this thing to you, you're not designed to carry around bitterness or unforgiveness, and it's eating you alive from the inside by anger. But when you can forgive somebody for the hurt that they caused on you, something supernatural happens inside of you. And I'm not trying to make it sound easy. That is a hard thing to do for some of you. I get it. 
Some of you may have gone through things that were terrible, but I'm telling you, God's plan is for you to forgive because you can't carry that weight. You can't, and you shouldn't. And so, man, if that's you, and you're like, Clint, I don't even know if I can forgive. First of all, understand, it doesn't let the person off the hook. It doesn't make it okay. But what it does is it's for you. You need to move on. And the only way you can do that is to forgive. So if you're struggling here, I want you to go back right here. What hurt has not healed? And I want you to feel it. And I want you to forgive it. You know, Jesus, uh, whenever I get here, I wish I could say I was perfect at this. I'm not. Uh, but as I was preparing for this, I started to think about Jesus. And I'm going to start, when I feel myself get angry, think about Jesus. Because Jesus left heaven. He came down to earth. And he lived a perfect life. This dude never lost his temper. He never did anything wrong. He never lied to his mom. He never snuck candy behind the couch like our daughters have about five times this week. He never did any of that. I can't imagine being his dad. Can you imagine? No. A perfect child. Wow. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but probably also terrible at the same time because how do you not show favoritism to this guy? Uh, but he never did anything wrong. In fact, all he did was help people. He healed people from their diseases. He cast out demons. I mean, he did crazy miracles. He brought dead people back to life. I mean, how could that be bad? He was there for people. He embraced the people that no one else embraced. He did all these good things. People loved being around him. They loved coming to hear him speak. They loved seeing the miracles. That he, it was amazing. But what happened? The same people that loved him, that came and heard him speak, that experienced these miracles and got to see it, they crucified him. They murdered him. They killed him in the most brutal way possible. And if anybody had the right to be angry, if anybody had the right to be offended, it was Jesus. The people he created, the people he loved unconditionally, were killing him brutally. And yet when he was hanging on the cross, paying for our sins, he says this. He says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If anyone had the excuse to be offended and to be hurt, it was Jesus. And in the midst of a, a time that we can't even fathom, he says this, forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. And Jesus calls us to do the same thing. And maybe you're watching this and you're like, Clint, I don't know if God can forgive me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know what's been done to me. How can I be loved? And I want to tell you, it's time to receive that forgiveness. He's already paid for your sins. He died on the cross. He's already forgiven you. You just have to receive it. And I want to extend that to you today. Maybe you've never experienced this kind of love, this kind of forgiveness. But right now, in this moment, you can experience that. And the Bible tells us that when we receive this forgiveness, He separates all the bad things we've done as far as the East is from the West. He loves you unconditionally. And there is hope for you right now. So if that's you, I want to invite you to say this prayer after me in your heart. 
if you're cooking lunch right now, if you're on a walk right now, and listening to the podcast, whatever you're doing, all right? Say this in your heart and receive God's forgiveness today. Say, dear God, I need you. I've messed up too many times. I need your forgiveness. I invite you into my life. And in the best way I know how, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.